Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So it is the start of a new year, and we wanted to look back at the previous year of Commander. So our patron, Raphael, suggested an interesting lens through which to view last year's cards. Uh, In today's episode, we're going to be talking all about the best cards to pick up from 2021. It's not just going to be a list of staples, although there's going to be a lot of staples on this list. Um, But we're mostly going to be focusing on cards that are five-ish dollars or less right now and cards that have the most growth potential. Um, Basically, we're trying to get in on the ground floor of cards that may command a higher price tag later. So, for example, Solitude uh, is a powerful new white card that deserves to see Commander play, but it's also $50. So yeah. <laughs> we're not really going to be including that kind of card on this list. Yeah, you um, you know that that card is good and everyone did, and that's why it's $50. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to get in on some sleepers, maybe some um, cards that kind of flew under the radar, but which we think in the long term are going to be a good investment for your dollars. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you decide to pick up some of the staples in this episode from, say, TCG Player, you can use our affiliate link, which is tinyurl.com slash commander theory. And you can also follow the affiliate link in the episode description. So consider that if you want to support the show. But I think we can jump right into the cards. We're going to go through these uh, by set released last year. So we're going to start with Kaldheim and we'll end with Crimson Vow. What is the first pickup that we're going to be discussing today? Yeah, so this one is something that I think is near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, and it is Burgi, God of Storytelling, slash Harnfell, Horn of Bounty. So this is the mono red flip commander from uh, Kaldheim. Um, Burgi God of Storytelling on the front side says whenever you cast a spell, add red. Until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. And then if you want, creatures you control can boast twice during each of your turns rather than <laughs> once. Um, and she is a 3-3 three, three for 3, 2 and a red. But the back side is the one that, that really gets me most of the time when I'm playing Burgi. This is usually what I'm playing Burgi for. It's Harnfell Horn of Bounty, which is a five mana legendary artifact, four and a red, that has discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. So I think both halves of this card have a lot of potential, and they've already seen a lot of adoption in Commander. Um, according to EDHREC, Burgi and Harnfell is seeing play in 22,000 decks already. And that's, you know, less than a year after release. So, and, and despite the fact that it's um, quickly becoming a red format staple, it's only $4.41 on TCG Player. So I think this is a card that could easily be $10 in a, a year or two from now. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a, a great pickup. It is a double-faced card, which makes it more difficult for wizards to reprint. Uh, and that could potentially keep the supply low going forward. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to think about looking at uh, like playable double-faced cards going into the future. This is still kind of true. Like we, we didn't put all of them on the list, but a lot of the playable 
modal double face lands and stuff. I guess those weren't even last year. Those were further. Well, no, uh, they completed the uh, the the cycle in oh Kaldheim. in call time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so those are good pickups as well. Yeah, but we didn't want to put all of them on <laughs> this list. Um, so the stuff like that, like looking at a card, looking at how easy it is to reprint and how often it might get reprints in the future. I think that's an important factor. Um, we'll get into some more cards that, um, have the same kind of thing that maybe aren't double face cards later on. But, um, this one definitely like the power, to reprint ratio is uh off the charts it feels like Mm -hmm. all right are you ready to move on to the next card yeah of course so this is tybalt's trickery it's one in a red for an instant counter target spell choose one two or three at random its controller mills that many cards then exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card with a different name than that spell they may cast that card without paying its mana cost then they put the exiled cards on the bottom of their library in a random order so that's a lot of text, but <laughs> how it has typically functioned is, you know, you don't die right now. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of that. It's, it's just very good at disrupting your opponents. There's not a whole lot of cards in red that can do this effect. Um, and it's seen play in 19,000 decks on EDH rec and is commanding a price of $1.81 on TCG player. So what what have your experiences been with this card? Just good. I have it in a mono red deck myself. Um, and on top of just playing it on arena, which um, it's been amazing <laughs> on arena. Um, this card is kind of just done exactly what you said when you, you some, you, you kind of just hold it. it. It makes you play counter spells. Like you should be playing counter spells anyway, where you kind of hold it until you see something that makes you go, Oh god, okay, no, 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 no. And then you have to counter that thing. Um which is kind of the key for counter spells anyway. Like if you only have like three, two or three counter spells in your list, you shouldn't be just like countering like a value spell or like a commander willy-nilly, you know, like you should be looking for and thinking about like, okay, what ahead you should be looking for and thinking about ahead of time. What is the spell that if it resolves, I'm screwed and saving your counters for that. Mm-hmm. Tibble's trickery basically does that. It, it forces you to do that because like if you just counter some like random like ramp spell and all of a sudden they hit their like Terastodon or something like that, then oops, like egg on your face. But if you wait till they cast the Terastodon and counter that, then you feel pretty good about it so mm-hmm. I, i've really liked tybalt's trickery I, i've liked the play most of the time it's felt exactly like a counter spell and in some ways better because like the opponent is left with something usually so they just kind of look and go like all right mm-hmm. <laughs> and like keep playing so I'm, I'm a huge fan of this card yeah uh, i i definitely like running it in my non-blue red decks um i think it's definitely good pickup and because it's tied to Tybalt, that can limit where it gets reprinted. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if in a standard legal set, for example, if Tybalt is not on that plane, you're not going to see this card. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good card to pick up. Yeah, and that that's again, that's another kind of uh, hindering factor in where and when it could be reprinted. So uh, something to look out for. Mm-hmm. 
right, moving on to the next card. This is Realm Walker. It's two and a green for a 2-3 creature shapeshifter. It has changeling, and as it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library anytime, and you may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. So there are, this is currently played in 17,000 decks on EDH Rec, and it's $4.17 on TCG Player. Uh, what do you think about this card in the commander format and as a potential investment? Yeah, so this is, uh, I think, definitely a sleeper for a few reasons. And one of them is that, like, there aren't that many, like, green tribal lists that, like, really want this. Like, you could throw it in your elves, but elves is strong enough to where, like, people aren't clamoring to put in the Realm Walker. But over time, as people realize, like, how good it is and how easy it fits into things, and that it's literally just a changeling <laughs> like mm -hmm. whatever you pick if you put it into a changeling list it is going to trigger and you're going to be able to cast spells at the top of your library um i think there's going to be a confluence of things that are going to raise this price up over time it's just a good card it's just a good dragon frog uh merfolk you know like it's it's a good anything that you need it to be so I think over time, that's going to drive up the price. And the fact that it says Changeling on it is that one of those hindering factors that we're talking about, like Changelings aren't in every set. It's going to have to be in some kind of product or set where they can say Changeling, maybe another tribal deck in the future or something like that. But who knows, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually would disagree about one point you made. I think I probably would run this in an elf deck because um, mm -hmm. it's it's also a mana sink for all your dorks. But oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I totally agree with, with almost everything else you said. Whatever tribe you're trying to do, this is automatically one of the better members of that tribe, especially if it's something, like you said, like frogs. You know, they, they are printing, uh, they're, they're putting a lot of like trinket uh, tribal text on cards these days. You saw that on um, Frog Tribal. Oh, Grolnock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also like Umbris, also Toxril. Um, there's just... There's just a lot of um, I think this is going to be something they're doing going forward is just like if they can do a small tweak to make something tribal for commander or to make a legendary creature into a tribal commander, I think they'll probably do it. And so there's just going to be a lot of more lists that Realm Walker is going to be useful in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely agree. All right. Uh, moving on to the next card. This is the World Tree. It's a land. It enters the battlefield tapped taps for a green and it says as long as you control six or more lands lands you control have tap add one mana of any color you can pay white white blue blue black black red red green green tap sacrifice the world tree search your library for any number of god cards put them onto the battlefield then shuffle your library it's currently in thirteen thousand decks on eda trek and it is two dollars and 47 cents on tcg player so what are your thoughts on this card I think it's absolutely insane that this card is only $2.50. <laughs> like, I would just put this in every single five-color deck, like, barring, like, a CEDH, like, can't-come-in-tapped list. But, like, any casual commander deck that is five colors, like, it's free real estate. Like, mm -hmm. you, you put it in, you're gonna eventually fix all of your lands forever with everything it's a budget way to do that in commander, which is like pretty difficult. Like there's a few things, there's like chromatic lanterns and whatever that like can 
fix all of your mana for not too high of a price tag. Um, in a perfect world, Dryad of the Elysian Grove would have been in this list of mine that I'm making, but it's it's kind of expensive. But um, mm-hmm. kind of goes to show that like things that do what the World Tree do are often more than two dollars. <laughs> yeah, like. Prismatic Omen, for example, is one in a green for enchantment. Lands you controller every basic land in addition to their other types. That's $19 right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, absolutely insane. Getting that value just on a land that you can easily search out seems pretty strong. I want to point out that there's sort of, there's kind of two categories of cards we're going to be talking about today. And that's just like general format staples that seem like they're going to grow in value over time. And also, sort of narrow cards that are difficult to reprint and which if it's kind of like if you ever want to build a five color deck you're going to need one copy of the world tree like even if you don't have a five color deck now do you think it will ever happen in the future okay you probably should pick one up yeah yeah that's pretty true and the rate at which they've been printing five color commanders <laughs> uh i think isn't going to help anything too. I think honestly what's going on here is people see the like activated ability mm-hmm. and they go, Oh, my deck doesn't have any gods in it and they aren't playing it. I, I, I would bet that there's a non zero percentage of players that saw that line of text and excluded it from their list. But I maybe it's cause it's tapped. It's a tap land. I don't know. It just, it just seems like too good a value to, to leave on the floor for two dollars <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh and you know again this is not an easy card to reprint it is a specific location in Kaldheim. it has like this bizarre god tribal thing like you can't just put this into a random standard legal set like you're not going to see this in kamigawa neon dynasty no definitely not uh, all right, moving on to the next card. This is Doom Scar. Three white white for a sorcery, destroy all creatures, and foretell for one white white. It's currently in 9,000 decks on EDA Trek, and it costs $1.76. Um, so I think that this is just a pretty darn good wrath effect, like really efficient. I love that you can break up the cost over multiple turns. Um, and as we'll see later when we talk about Innistrad Midnight Hunt, there's definitely an appetite for cheap Wraths right now. So I, I think that this is just a solid card. I don't think it's really going to drop below $1.76. And of course, like you know, because it has a, a set mechanic at can limit where it's able to be reprinted. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. This is a card that I've gotten to play with a lot the last like year. And I am amazed every time, basically. <laughs> like mm-hmm. every single time I get to see this card in action, um, it kind of blows me away. Like the ability to cast this and then cast a bunch of other stuff, or like directly afterwards, is something that you can't necessarily do with most wraths. Like most wraths, like take up your turn, and we've been getting kind of like a deluge of like decent five mana six mana wraths the last few years like cleansing nova um i mean people still play fumigate you know there's a bunch of those kind of ones out in the wild but this one like being able to foretell it like you can't discard it anymore it just kind of sits there and when you need it boom three mana it's been awesome it's been really good for me 
Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we're going to be moving on to Strixhaven. Uh, so this first card we, we're going to be talking about is Stormkiln Artist. Three and a red for a 2-2 creature Dwarf Shaman. It gets plus one plus O for each artifact you control, and it has Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a treasure token. It's currently in 24,000 decks on EDH rec, and it costs $1.81, despite being an uncommon, by the way. Yeah. So what do you think about this card? Um, I definitely picked a bunch of these up when it was even cheaper <laughs> than this. Um, <laughs> this is the kind of effect where like, any Storm Commander is going to utilize this. Um, but in red, you know, the caveat being that if you're playing a Storm Commander that is red, which is a decent amount of them, mm-hmm. um, you're going to want to play this. It uh, works in any deck that's just going to be casting a lot of instants and sorceries, uh, kind of refunding you mana and or saving up for like one big turn. Um, this guy is awesome. I'm very excited for his little ball of energy he's got going there. Um, it's still funny to me that treasure is the thing that makes mana but you know i'll I'll take it you know if this mm-hmm. guy's gonna give me a treasure for casting my brainstorm then so be it <laughs> but it's uh yeah definitely really cool and honestly something that i overlook every time and i wanted to bring up is that he does get huge especially if you're saving up the treasure if you have any mana rocks or anything like that like uh it's not trivial to be like, oh, you're open? Well, I just cast three spells and he's a 7-2. Like, I guess I'll hit you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think this is a great card to pick up. It's fantastic for Spellslinger, Storm, general combo. Uh, I, I think this is a really good pickup. Moving on to the next card. Honestly, good in, in very similar decks. All of these, yeah. <laughs> or many of these, not surprisingly, given the, the theme of this set, are, are good with instants and sorceries. Uh, this next card is Solve the Equation. It is two and a blue for a sorcery. Search your library for an instant or sorcery card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. It's an uncommon. It's in 21,000 decks on EDH rec, and it costs $2.55. What are your thoughts on Solve the Equation? Yeah, this is another one where if you are storming off, or if you're just playing like a spell slingery type list, um, we talked about this in the set review for Strixhaven, but... There's just never been a card like this of the type that it gets, you know, like mm-hmm. usually tutors or sorceries or rarely instants and they get a thing. But this is the first time we've seen a sorcery that can get a sorcery for Spellslinger lists. So if you're playing a Mizzix list and you have that one card that makes you go off, if you're playing uh, your Zephy list and you need that like extra piece to make your big turn happen, you know, like whatever it might be that you need. This is also an on theme way to get it. Um, And it's not a, it's a card that they could reprint, but I don't think they're going to anytime soon just because of the like specificity that Strixhaven had about casting like instants and sorceries. Yeah, this is definitely a card they could fit into most standard legal sets but you know it is so recent and um you know you could also say have you could say the same thing about fabricate but it hasn't been reprinted in 10 years and it's like you know seven to nine dollars yeah so even <laughs> if this card <laughs> ends up being like a five dollar card that's a 
100% return on your investment. So uh, I, I think it's definitely a great card to pick up if you have any interest in Spellslinger, uh, spell-based combo, definitely a good choice. Which kind of gets us a pretty good, nice, neat segue into our next card, which uh, also a Strixhaven uh, all-star. This is Archmage Emeritus. So this is a 2-2 human wizard for 4 mana, 2 and 2 blue, and they just have a magecraft ability. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, draw a card. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah a couple interesting things about this one. It's in 20,000 decks on EDH rec, and despite being a rare, it's actually cheaper than the, the last two cards we just mentioned. It's only $1.49. Mm-hmm. I mean... I I get that it can die, but like I've been playing this card pretty heavily the last few months since it's come out, and like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Like, if you like actually get to do the thing, like you feel good if you draw one card, mm-hmm. you feel great if you draw two cards, and then you just like so it's like the Vince McMahon wrestling guy face meme, where like all of a sudden you're at three and you're just like eyes glowing like you're off the chart like it's insane and and if you can get any more than that like this card is way more than paid for itself uh which often happens especially in the deck that i played in which is calamax it's very common to get like four to six cards out of it in like a turn or a round of turns uh assuming no one kills it and sometimes they try to kill it and you have a counter spell and you draw a card anyway so like <laughs> absolutely insane um i know it's fragile i'm assuming that's why it's not that much money but this it for some reason this card is a dollar 50 and um i don't know if it'll be there forever so just bringing it to y'all attention (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, i think it's a great addition to the format and a really good buy at this price all right moving on to the strixhaven commander decks we have a couple picks from here um, coming up first is Pest Infestation. This is XX green for a sorcery. Destroy up to X target artifacts and or enchantments. Create twice X 1-1 one, one black and green pest creature tokens with when this creature dies, you gain one life. It's in 7,600 decks on EDH rec, and it's currently $2.74 on TCG Player. What do you think about Pest Infestation? This is another one that I've gotten to play with a lot and every time it like blows me away because a lot of the time if you are casting some kind of, um, oh, what's the green white spell that you gain life, but it blows everything up? Fracturing winds? Uh, Fracturing gust. Yes. Fracturing gust. Yeah. So like I used to run that card a lot and it was decent and it gave you a little bit of life buffer, but like it kind of, it takes your whole turn. Um, and you're kind of not left with anything to say for it other than like everyone else has been laid low as well. This like gives you the pests. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you end up blowing up a bunch of stuff and then they don't even like want to attack back because you have like three to six or uh, I guess two to six like pests kind of sitting there and you just blew up all the problem permanence and it's, it's awesome. (laughs) Like, like it's so much value for how much mana it is, and uh, I know that there are a lot of spells like this, especially in green, that blow up artifacts and enchantments. But I, I would highly recommend people looking at this one. Like, not many of those spells leave you a board after you're done. I don't even see this as like an artifact and enchantment destruction spell. I see it as just like 
a pretty darn efficient token generator. Oh. <laughs> um, there, there's not a whole lot of token generation that like scales with your mana quite this well. Like it's it's almost one to one for each mana you mm-hmm. put in, you get a guy out. That's a pretty good rate. Um, and then just on top of that, like oh, there's there's going to be targets. There's going to be a soul ring or some mana rock you can blow yeah. up and just get additional cards in addition to filling out your board with a bunch of tokens. Yeah, and it is up to so destroy up to X target artifacts and or enchantments. Yes, so you don't have to blow up your own things. Yeah, you don't have to have to be a martyr for the pests. They can just exist in the same world, and everyone can be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's a, a great card if you plan to build a green token deck at some point in the future. I think you really want a copy of this card. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely agree. It's just it's just a good card. Much like our next one. Can I read the uh, next one off? Sure. So this next card is Stinging Study. It's from the same set. It is an instant. It's black and it costs five mana, four and a black. It says you draw X cards and you lose X life or X is the mana value of a commander you own on the battlefield or in the command zone. Wow. How do you feel about this card? Uh, I love it. Yeah, I, I will say that Singing Study is less good than it might have been a couple of years ago. The The average mana value of commanders is lower than it used to be. Um, but I'm still a huge fan of this card. There are still a lot of five plus CMC commanders in the format. And if your commander is at least that expensive, then it's very, very good value. One of the best instant speed card draw spells in the format if you're reliably casting it for five or more. I had a deck that is now in flux that uh, I've put... It was a partner pair. It was just black-white partner list. And I actually switched the partner initially when this card came out to um, Akroma. The, I cannot remember what the new Akroma's name is. It's sure, like sure. Partner Akroma. Partner Akroma. Just to be able to draw eight and lose eight at instant speed. <laughs> or seven and lose seven at instant speed. Um, and I, I've been shifting that deck around to a place, but even like when this card is like draw five, lose five at instant speed, like that feels like cheating a little bit. You know, you're like, oh man, uh, end of your turn. I guess I have five new cards. Uh, all it cost was my deck construction. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, all it cost was me doing what I wanted to do anyway, or like rewarding me for playing the format the way that people like to play the format oh no like what a tragedy <laughs> yeah so so staying study is currently in 6700 decks on edh rec it's two dollars and 41 cents on tcg player and it's the kind of thing where if you plan on building an expensive black x commander at any point in the future you just need a copy of this card mm-hmm. yeah it, it's good i mean like I said, five CMC, you feel great. And then higher than that, you're like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. So I understand that like losing life can, like if you're listening to this, this isn't you, I am assuming, but like losing life can be scary, especially if it's like a huge increment, like seven or eight. But uh, if you just win the game or stabilize after that, like it, it was worth it, you know? Yeah. It if it gets you, play. if it single-handedly gets you out of top deck mode, you will gladly pay any amount of life yeah yeah exactly so uh big fan huge fan um and yeah just uh really happy this card was printed i I love the theme that we've seen the last year of uh rewarding high cmc commanders and and really looking forward to like what what comes in the the future in this kind of vein 
Definitely. All right, we are going to be moving on to Modern Horizons 2. And the first card we're talking about is Damn. It is black, black for a sorcery, destroy target creature. A creature destroyed this way can't be regenerated. And it has overload for two white, white. So essentially, it's single target removal for two mana as a sorcery, or it's pretty much exactly Wrath of God. This is currently seeing play in 18,000 decks on EDH Rec, and it costs $3.73. What do you think about this card? Do you think it's a good pickup? Yes, I absolutely think it's a good pickup, and I love this card. Um, This is a card I got um, a few versions of, like the etched foils, the old borders, all that kind of stuff. Um, And every time I cast it, I'm kind of like blown away whether it's in the two mana mode or the four mana mode. Um, So I know it's a two color card, so that is going to drop the numbers a little bit. And I know there are a lot of choices for wraths, but there are very few wraths that are also kill spells when you need them to be. Mm -hmm. So uh, the fact that it's a two mana kill spell, you know, uh, or sorry, the fact that it's a two mana sorcery speed kill spell, like, you know, a little bit not as relevant, but the option to do that is great. And there's a lot of games where someone has an early like soul ring or something like that, where just spending two black mana to kill their commander that shouldn't be here yet, like really saves the game, saves a headache for the whole table. So I've, I've really enjoyed damn. I'm a very big proponent of playing this card. Um, and it's a cool throwback with cool art. So what's not to love, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I think with that, we can move on to the next card, which is Tireless Provisioner. Um, it is two and, or actually, well, I'll, I'll say one more thing on Dam, which is that this is another card that's difficult to reprint. You know, Overload uh, strongly limits where you're able to, to fit this card into a set. But moving on, Tireless Provisioner. Two and a green for a 3-2 creature elf scout. Landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a food token or a treasure token. It is currently in 18,000 decks on EDH rec, and it's $1.68. So a couple things going for this card. It It is slightly more expensive than a Lotus Cobra, but the ability to save up your mana is certainly a pretty big upside. Um, and there's a lot of cards that interact with treasure production these days. Like if, if you happen to be uh, to have like a Zorn or a Goldspan Dragon, there there's they're printing more and more cards that just interact well with treasure tokens. So, what do you think about Tireless Provisioner as a potential format staple, and how do you like it at this price? Um, I I think it is kind of just a staple at this point. Um, I, I think it's cute that it gives you food, but it it's not entirely irrelevant. Um, definitely the treasure is where this is at. And spending one more mana for a Lotus Cobra that lets you choose what turn you're going to spend that mana on um, turns out it's pretty good. And it was just an uncommon. So um, this is the kind of card that I think can sneak by because it was in a set where there was so much stuff. But um, honestly, like, honestly lotus cobra is like good enough to play in like most non-landfall lists and this is kind of in the same vein you know like i would say this is even better because of the fact that you get to 
save the mana for when you actually really want it. And of course, landfall limits where it can be reprinted. The the food also limits where it can be reprinted. Yeah, yeah. So good card to pick up. Um, this next card is something that you know I was pretty interested in when it first came out, but I've got seen I've found it more and more compelling over time. Uh, this is Liqui Metal Torque. It's two mana for an artifact. It taps for colorless mana. And it can also tap to make target non-land permanent an artifact in addition to its other types until end of turn. It's in 14,000 decks on EDH rec, and it's $1.05 already. What do you think about Liquid Metal Torque? I know you have a bit of experience with it. Yeah, I, I've gotten to play it a lot this year, thankfully. Um, so two mana mana rocks are kind of the go-to at this point in Commander. It's just kind of the colloquial wisdom that the two mana rocks are better than a three mana rock in general. Wizards have kind of gotten wind of this as well. So they understand, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, gladly, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm very happy that they understand that two mana rocks are generally better than three mana rocks. Um, and what they've been doing is stuff like this. Liquid Metal Torque was kind of the early sign, their early... Um, uh, like, hey guys, look at this instead of here's a mana rock. It's a little bit like worse than other options that exist, like Arcane Signet, like uh, I don't, I don't know, like uh, things that make a color of mana or something like that. But it has some extra baggage tacked on that you might like a lot uh, because people who played with Liquid Metal Coating remember that that card is a blast. It can make some incredibly goofy things happen. But it never quite felt worth the spell slide. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like uh, a commander that could liquid metal coating would be really fun someday. Like if it was kind of the same wording as liquid metal torque where like it can't be a land. I think that would be fun and cool and funny as opposed to uh, just kind of your if, if you made your deck to work really well with liquid metal coating and you didn't get liquid metal coating, it just kind of felt bad it flopped really hard mm -hmm. so this card is awesome um it ramps out your four mana commanders a turn early um it like works with a bunch of other cards in your list especially if you're playing red and you don't have a lot of ways to get rid of problem enchantments or or other things like that even like creatures like red red yeah. spot removal is not that good um so just being able to just being like baseline, okay, it's an accelerator. It'll help me do my other things a little faster. And then it has this other mode where all my artifact removal becomes a lot, lot better. Um, that's really useful for red. It's arguably like might even be useful for white or green decks. Like green is really bad at dealing with creatures, but it's mm, it's one of the best at dealing with artifacts and enchantments. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that. This just has a lot of potential. Um, I, I think there are a lot of reasons to choose it over some of the other two mana rocks that see so much play in this format. And I, I think it's just um, a, a great card worth picking up. Yeah. And we're seeing more of this. We're seeing more three and two mana rocks that do a thing. So for the future, I would keep my eye on those rocks, you know, like... Uh, uh, what was the one from Eldraine? That's it's not on this list because it was an Eldraine, but um, Midnight 
clock. Min- yes, midnight clock. It ended up being way better than like we thought it was going to be. Uh, I've really enjoyed playing with like the zombie land from or the zombie crypt from the Wilhelm precon. Um, so maybe at a future date, I might bring that one up and talk about it because it's been pretty good for me. But um, we're going to see more of these. Definitely keep your eye on them because you might be able to snatch them up for a very little money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. We've got a few more Modern Horizons cards to get through. Uh, this next one is Academy Manufacturer. It is three mana for a 1-3 artifact creature assembly worker. If you'd create a clue, food, or treasure token, instead create one of each. So uh, this is currently in 11,000 decks on EDH Rec, and it's currently $2.99. Uh, we've seen that treasure almost immediately became evergreen uh, and they've demonstrated some interest in bringing back clues where it's appropriate um, and of course food and supplemental sets so this is just a card that can fit into any deck and it's it revolves around these token types that are getting a lot of attention and getting a lot of love from wizards but what do you think about academy manufacturer I think that as time goes on, this is going to get even better and it's already really good. In the last year, we got like two clue commanders. Is that what it was? We got Eloise and we got Lonus. Yes. And we got a bunch of commanders that dealt with treasure. And we got Guillaume, who deals with food. Mm -hmm. And as you might recall from some of those names I just said, those were not in standard sets. Those were in uh, the commander products or those were in the supplemental sets that we're getting a lot of. And I think that's just a sign that like, they like, like they like these tokens and in studio X and, and as players, we'd like to play with them. It's fun to have just like a food deck or a clue deck. Um, I think they've realized that that gameplay is fun, that people latch onto it like this known token or They've latched onto the cleverness of creating a token type and then utilizing it for flavor purposes. And as long as they keep doing that, Academy Manufacturer is going to keep being good because especially if you're making like food commanders in the future, turning your food into also a card and a mana is a huge, huge upgrade. And even if you're just like making a ton of treasure in like an old Knobbones deck, like having a bunch of clues and food you can cash in uh, at your leisure because you are making so much freaking mana in a deck like that or something so something like that like any deck that makes a ton of mana um yeah that's definitely a, that's definitely a good use like in an old knob bones deck you can easily get into the position where i've got all this mana and nothing to do with it but academy manufacturer by itself solves that problem for you mm-hmm. and, and i i just think in the future we're going to see even more decks like that so i i picked up a few I'm going to probably pick up more. It's been good for me in the decks that I play it in. Um, I have a red blue pirates list. This has been absolutely insane. And um, just because like that deck also will be able to generate a ton of mana and like have nothing to do <laughs> with it. So being able to cash it in for a little bit of a uh, card draw, a little bit of life if I absolutely need it. And then this isn't to say anything of the decks that just want a bunch of artifacts or want a bunch of tokens. So um, there's this, card fits into a really cool corner of the format. I was going to say a really cool armpit of the format. I don't know why my <laughs> brain went there, but um, and I, I do think that it's going to go up in value over time. So please pick them up while they're cheap. Have fun with it. Um, 
this card's a blast. I just I've loved it every time I've cast it. All right, uh, this next card is Ignoble Hierarch. It is a single green mana for a zero one creature Goblin Shaman with Exalted, and it taps for black, red, or green. It's currently in ten thousand decks on EDH Rec, and it's five dollars and fifty three cents. And the reason I want to bring this card up, it does, of course, have a pretty restrictive color identity. You know, it, there are only four identities you can play this card in. But there, we, of course, have the like very easy comparison with Noble Hierarch, which sees an enormous amount of play despite its, its color identity. Um, Noble Hierarch sees play in 18,500 decks. So I think there is room for Ignoble Hierarch to grow in this format. and. I think that over time we could see this 550 become more. So if you ever plan to build a deck in one of the the four color identities it fits in, I think this is just a fantastic card and worth picking up. I definitely agree with that. Let me check because um, a lot of the sketch cards kind of flopped. They're rarer, but they end up cheaper. Oh yeah, it was very nice of Wizards to just print like ugly versions of cards for the budget players. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it's about the same price now. People realized there was less of them or something like that. (laughs) They found their market. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this card is the mana fixing is just like incredible for those decks that want it. Having like another copy of birds, but a birds that actually can do something, especially if you are raining it sideways every now and then with your commander or, or just a creature, you know, you're like, oh, I made a four, four beast. I'm going to attack you for five. Those little transactions add up over the course of a game and having an ignoble hierarch that smoothed out your mana and like facilitated a little bit of extra damage going around. There was like this calculation that you could do, especially playing older versions of D&D, like a three, five where bards, uh, they're, they're one of the songs that they could do like increased your damage output your team's damage output and that damage went up over time and you could calculate like how much damage the bard did based on how much damage everyone else did <laughs> that's kind of like how ignoble hierarch can can be because if it comes down on turn one maybe the next turn like it attacks for one or it ramps something out and then you start hitting like this little one drop could end up dealing like six points of damage over the course of a game which uh in commander isn't much but it's also like not nothing that six points of damage could be commander damage and that could be like way more worth it so i don't know i i agree i think just having a second birds for your jund deck or five color deck or whatever it is is worth it well speaking of mana dorks uh next card is sanctum weaver it's one green for a zero two enchantment creature dryad and it has tap add x mana of any one color where x is the number of enchantments you control it's currently in 9,000 decks on EDH Rec, and it's only $1.76. So this is a card, uh, if you ever plan on building a heavy enchantment deck in the future, you just need to run this, and it's it's a great price right now. What do you, what do you think about Sanctum Weaver? No, I, I don't actually have too much to say about this. I think that this is just a good mana dork in general. There's some commanders that want this just period. Like an Earl, the Miststalker is going to want a Sanctum Weaver. You know, like a Sithis is going to want a Sanctum Weaver. Like there's just commanders that want this and it's it's so cheap. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it is so incredibly cheap. I actually lost money buying my Sanctum Weavers because they've gone down since I purchased them. So do not be a zach be a smart person and get them while they're a dollar 70 please <laughs> like please pick them up they're very good <laughs> all right uh moving on to the next card this is the last one for modern horizons 2 we're gonna be talking about it is unmarked grave 
one in a black for a sorcery. Search your library for a non-legendary card. Put that card into your graveyard, then shuffle. It's currently in 8.7 thousand decks on EDH rec, and it's three dollars and nine cents. So, what do you, what do you think about unmarked grave? This card rules. I actually need to pick up another one. <laughs> there are a lot of cards that just kind of make your deck tick that aren't your commander. Cards that make your commander go off, etc., etc. Uh, and for graveyard decks, like having a, just a fun option or a fun way to get something into your graveyard, because there's an extra step, right? Like, if this was just Demonic Tutor, it wouldn't be as much fun, but the fact that it searches for, like, a card with restrictions and it puts it into your graveyard means you have to jump through a hoop to make that happen. And it turns out that hoops are fun <laughs> to jump through. It's actually like entertaining being a show dog for yourself. For me, that's like Coffin Queen in my like Jared Golgari Lichlord list. Um, and then if I have a Coffin Queen or something else, it could be like literally any other card that I might need. And that flexibility, I think, makes this card really good. Yeah, I think that... Obviously, it is worse than Entomb, but Entomb sees play in 37,000 decks, and it's also $25. So I think that even though this is worse, the non-legendary restriction doesn't make it that, and the additional mana doesn't make it that much worse. All right, well, uh, that is the end of our Modern Horizons 2 cards. We're going to move on to Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, This next one is honestly the card that made me most excited about doing this episode because it seems like (laughs) such a clear like slam dunk this is circle of dreams druid it is green 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 for a 2-1 creature elf druid and it has tap add green for each creature you control it's currently in 10,000 decks on edh rec and it costs five dollars and 39 cents how do you feel about the potential for circle of dreams druid in the future um this card is awesome so i have uh, played a lot with lanwar tribe which is green 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 for a three three elf warrior i think i think it might be a druid but is it just a druid yeah elf druid um that taps for three green and that has been incredible that's been great in my like heavy green decks that want that Circle of Dreams Druid like takes a little bit of work, but like I played it in a Tana Bloodsower deck, which is the one of the partners, the red green partner that has it's a two two trample, and then whenever she hits someone, you get that many saprolings, and it just goes insane, absolutely insane, and that makes sense, right? Because this is a land that's like over a thousand dollars. This is Gaia's Cradle on a creature, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen uh, growing rights of Itlamak kind of skyrocket in price over the last few years. There's no way that this doesn't because this is more easily tutor- tutorable. This is more easily recurrable. Um, you, you can, can more un- easily combo with it. You can more easily combo with it. Yeah, you can you can do a ton of things with it. So um, I yeah, I'm actually still surprised this is five dollars. That's that's all I'm going to say about it. Yes, uh, definitely. All right. Moving on to the next card. This is Oswald Fiddlebender. It is one in a white for a 2-2 legendary creature gnome artificer. It has magical tinkering. White tap, sacrifice an artifact. Search your library for an artifact card with mana value equal to 1 plus the sacrificed artifact's mana value. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Activate only as a sorcery. Uh, this is currently in 4,000 decks on EDH rec, and it's going for $1.53. I think that there are just so many useful artifacts in commander and 
Uh, there's also so few good white tutors that this seems like a pretty easy inclusion, especially if you're in a you know, white deck or a white red deck. Those those color identities that tend to be more reliant on artifacts are going to be really happy for the opportunity to trade a mana rock for some powerful three cost thing like a, a sword or something. I just think this is a, a fantastic, very cheap, very efficient tutor and value engine. And he's also a legendary creature. He's also specific to the Forgotten Realms, uh, and that's going to limit where he's going to be able to re- be reprinted in the future. Yeah, I do. I do want to say one thing. I learned the joke on this card because I didn't. I I didn't play Icewind Dale the games, which is where this guy is from in the D and D lore. I I knew that he was from there, but I didn't know what his part was in those games and uh, every time you meet him his airship has crashed so (laughs) that's the joke on the car (laughs) which is pretty funny actually but um i guess we can move on to another card that is kind of pretty cheap right now sure uh this next card is tasha's hideous laughter it is one blue blue for sorcery each opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until that player has exiled cards with totem Total mana value 20 or more. It's currently in 3.6k decks on EDH rec and it's $4.40. So uh, in addition to being just solely the, the best card in an Umbris deck, this is also one of the best mill cards around. So as we continue to get support for mill and commander and, and mill commanders, uh, this is just going to be pretty in demand. And of course, because it's Tasha's hideous laughter, you know, it's it's specific to the Forgotten Realms. It's going to be difficult to reprint in just a random, say, Streets of Nukapenna. Mind funeraling the whole table, but like kind of better because you can screw up a game plan is great. Uh, this card was a lot more money when it came out, and I think people haven't looked at it since then. So this is kind of our nod to like, hey, hey, give, check it out. Maybe if you uh, you have a little bit of money to spare, pick up a copy or four and, and have some fun with it. All right. Uh, moving on to the next set. This is Innistrad Midnight Hunt. And honestly, there's a lot of cards in here that I, I <laughs> would recommend you pick up. Um, let's start with Infernal Grasp. It is one to black for an instant. Destroy target creature. You lose two life. It's in 12,000 decks on EDH rec. And despite being an uncommon, it's already $2.28. Would you recommend that people pick up Infernal Grasp? I would absolutely recommend that people pick up Infernal Grasp. This card has been awesome. I got a bunch of copies and I put them into a bunch of decks. I took out other girl spells and put these in. And let me tell you that two life clause uh, might come up in Arena. It doesn't really come up in in Commander mm-hmm. <laughs> that often. There's definitely been games in an Arena match where I've been like, oh man, I have two life. That does not happen nearly as often as in a game of Commander. So even if you're at like 12, I will still gladly take two to blow up your Commander. (laughs) Still a good deal. And uh, this is literally a good deal, I think. It's only going to go up. Yeah, it's... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it's only going to go up because they printed it so recently, they're not going to reprint it again. (laughs) Especially in a standard legal set, you know? Like, this is such a good kill spell that we're not going to see something like this printed in standard so soon i don't think yeah it is surprising that it's already over two dollars so soon after its release Uh, i think that 
the 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 neutral flavor on this card does make it a little easier for them to reprint. So if they're happy with the power level of this card in standard, I think they they could certainly find a place for it. It's never going to be bad in commander, and I wouldn't be surprised if the the price definitely climbs before the next time it it sees print. So maybe long term this could drop down if it we see it in a bunch of sets, but for now it's a good buy. The next card for Midnight Hunt is another one that I, I I'm really urging people to buy because it's going to go up very quickly once people realize uh, that it is this much money. But it's Augur of Autumn. So this is a 2-3 human druid for 3 mana, 1 green green. And it says, you may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play lands from the top of your library. And it has a coven ability. As long as you control 3 or more creatures with different powers, you may cast creature spells from the top of your library. This has been awesome for me. Um, it's been very the, good for me as well. Yeah. Uh, it's it's sorry. Just one note. It is currently in ten thousand decks on EDH rec, and it is six dollars and two cents. Well, I was going to ask you how you feel about it. It is picking up speed, as you kind of just noted. Like ten thousand decks in like two months mm-hmm. is is no small feat. Um, but what's your experience been with it? Uh, it I've really found that Coven is pretty easy to pull off in a creature centric deck. Um. So it's just kind of like been a future site for me at three mm-hmm. mana. Uh, and of course, there's additional synergies. Um, like it is a, a creature, so there's a lot of ways to find it or just make use of it well in a lot of decks. I just think this is a new green staple in decks with lots of creatures. Like if you can play 70%, 80% off of, of your library from the top, then it's just an incredibly powerful card at this mana cost. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Playing a land off the top is like so much more value than I think people realize a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, highly recommended. Definitely play this card. Um, so we have our second Wrath on the list, and this one... Uh, oh, our, our third Wrath, actually. We is got, it our third Wrath? Oh, because we had Dam. Yeah, we did have Dam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one uh, is going to sound actually really similar to the first one I talked about, though. Um, Doomscar. Uh, this is Vanquish the Horde. Um, it is an eight mana sorcery, six white white, but it costs one less to cast for each creature on the battlefield. And it says destroy all creatures. It is currently in 10,000 decks on EDH Rec, and it's $5.08. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that I'm... Um, for this price, I am not as interested in picking up a lot of these as I am, say, picking up Doomscar. But I think that the the commander community has really latched on to Vanquish the Horde, and people's opinion of the card is enough to keep the price going up. Um, so I would consider picking one up now. It's probably going to be a little while before we see a reprint because it has been you know printed for the first time so so recently. And uh, yeah, I would just pick up a couple copies at this price. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think like we've seen in the past what happened to Blasphemous Act, even after a few printings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a point. Actually, I think it might still be. It's not expensive anymore, right? There, there was a period where it was expensive. I do. I definitely remember that. Um, Hold on. This is exactly what MTG stocks is for. Let's check that price yeah, history. Yeah, I was gonna check. Yeah, there was a point where it was eight dollars in the middle of 2020. Yeah, 
I just wouldn't be surprised at all if this card did the same thing, if it went even higher, just because it's a sexy effect, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like like a two mana wrath the board is something that like a lot of commander players are going to flock to. Um, so I, yeah, I totally understand. Uh, if you are a person who likes this kind of thing, pick it up now. It's already making itself known as a commander staple. Um, 10,000 decks in like what, uh, two months, like I said, mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty good so pick them up before they're they're eight thirteen twenty dollars you know moving on to the next card this is moon silver key it is two mana for an artifact it has one tap sacrifice moon silver key search your library for an artifact card with a mana ability or a basic land card reveal it put it in your hand then shuffle it's currently in seven thousand decks on edh rec and it is one dollar what what do you think about Moon Silver Key and uh, how many decks do you think it fits into in this format? Yeah, <laughs> I think it fits into way more than 7,000 decks. My experience with this card has been awesome. Uh, I played it in most of my monocolor decks at this point because like tutoring up a uh, like Cage Sun or like Gauntlet of Might or something like that is like crazy. At the worst case, being able to get a land, but I don't think I've ever done that. Um, turning it into a Soul Ring or a Gilded Lotus or whatever mana rock that I need to make my deck function uh, just has been awesome. It's been incredible. Um, I highly recommend this card. And the fact that it is $1 means that just I don't think people realize how good it is yet. Like getting what's the Phyrexian um, Altar, Ashton's yeah, Altar. Thank you. Yes. To be able to sack whatever you need when you need it, like absolutely insane. So I highly recommend this card. I, I really do think that the reason it's only a dollar is because people don't realize how good it is yet. Yeah, it can get lands, it can get combo pieces, it can get mana rocks. Um, there's just so many things this card does. Uh, it's at a comparable, it's a comparable price to something like Trinket Mage, which sees play in twenty one thousand decks. Um, I just think that there's so much room for this card in the format, especially because it has a colorless identity. I, I would, I wouldn't say as many as you can, but uh, I, I think you get a few, get, yeah. a, get a handful. This is a great price. And, and of course, like it is a uh, specific, an artifact specific to Innistrad. You can't fit this in, you know, Dominaria United or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so consider that as well. And it's ability to be reprinted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although it would be kind of clever of them to like have a moon silver key on I don't know Kamigawa, or, you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, well, I guess it would be ancient Kamigawa. It wouldn't be Neon Dynasty, but like moon silver key doesn't in itself require that it's on in a strad, but it probably that's does true. In their eyes, you know. I mean, Mirrodin does have a lot of moons and a lot of silver, so I guess there's. I, mean, I know that they named like Hollowed Fountain and the Shocklands to be printed on any set, and then look at how good they've been at doing that. So uh, <laughs> maybe if that's any indication, I shouldn't get my hopes up too high. True, true. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the next card. This is Adeline Resplendent Cathar. It is one white white for a star four legendary creature human knight. Its power is equal to the number of creatures you control, and whenever you attack for each opponent, Create a 1-1 white human creature token that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. It's in 6,000 decks on EDH rec, and it's $2.87. Uh, what has your experience been with Adeline? Very good. 
I've gotten to play with Adeline a few times. Like in person, I've played against it in person now at this point. I have put it into a deck. I have played with it on Arena. Every single time, every single format, I'm just amazed at how good the card is. Adeline becomes a huge beater. Having a 9-4 on like turn 4 <laughs> is, is nothing to scoff at. Um, it's a ton of tokens. Like a ton of tokens. And even if like one or two of them die, like you're still generating tokens every turn mm-hmm. uh, and you're still forcing like chump blocks that you can then use on other things too. You can be sneaky about it. You can kill things with burn spells that might not have initially been able to hit them and stuff like that. So just amazing. You can sacrifice them to things. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's tons of ways to get value off of tokens. It, it, it turns out, you know, who would have thought? Um, so definitely, um, I don't know. I think this card, if you're just playing white and you're playing with tokens, just just get get one. Just pick it up. You yeah. Know, like, wow, holy cow, this card's crazy good. Definitely. And it's also a card where, you know, if you plan on doing something like this at some point in the future, just just get one. Like, yeah. <laughs> if, if you think that white tokens will be good one day, then you will need an Adeline. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let me tell you, you don't even really need to try to make her good. She just kind of is good. Mm-hmm. So you could put her into a white deck now and be amazed at how good she will be for you. <laughs> Definitely. All right, moving on to the next card. This is Morbid Opportunist. It's two and a black for a 1-3 creature human rogue. Whenever one or more other creatures die, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. My experience with this card has been pretty darn good even if i'm only getting its ability once on each turn like i can i'm usually running it in the kind of deck that can trigger it on my turn every turn uh and then there's going to be a lot of incidental death in my opponent's combat uh it's currently in six thousand decks on edh rec and it's two dollars and forty cents how do you feel about morbid opportunist uh, I feel pretty good. <laughs> this card has drawn me a ton of cards in uh, decks like my Sir Conrad list, where I kind of have control over when creatures die, more or less. And even if I don't, like, they kind of just die. Like, that's kind of a feature of creatures I've learned over the years, is that, like, they just kind of die. Like, mm-hmm. someone attacks someone, you get some deaths going on. Uh, people don't realize you have this card, or, or don't realize how good the card is. They, like, attack. You draw a card, they go, hmm, next person attacks, you draw a card, now the table's kind of going, wait, (laughs) what? (laughs) So it kind of flies under the radar in a way that is like really um, appealing to me, and yet is incredibly strong, can really pull you out of a tight situation. So um, yeah, I'm still really high on this guy. I, I don't think I'll ever not be high on this guy. Definitely. All right. The last card we're going to be speaking about today is Fateful Absence. It's one in the white for an instant. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. Its controller investigates. It's in 2.7 thousand decks on EDH rec, and it's $2.89. Uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to sing the praises of this card. Um, it's done good work for me in the time I've been playing it. And, you know, of course, giving away a card is never great, but 
honestly, I would rather be giving away a clue token than, say, ramping somebody with a path to exile. I don't know what mm-hmm. your thoughts are, though. No, yeah, I actually put this card in uh, my feather list recently, and um, that's been awesome because when I have like a young pyromancer effect out, I can turn my like uh, little dorks into clues if I don't have one of the cantrip spells in hand. Oh, that's um, cute. And then, like, worst case scenario, like, boom, your guy is dead, uh, which is not actually a worst case scenario. That's actually what I want to do with the card. <laughs> <laughs> so this card's been great there. Um, I was playing it in uh, a white-blue list, and it was pretty good. Um, I just like the card a lot. I, I agree with you. I think if I'm not playing black, this card is awesome. And it's like swords, and then like this in most decks for me in regards to white removal like i i would much rather not ramp somebody you know mm-hmm. that that seems like it gets out of hand a lot easier you can uh really help someone more than you mean to that way where this is they have to put the effort in to get the card out of it so yeah i don't know i just i, I love this guy it's great yeah it's been really good for me um and you know this would normally be the part where we start going into Crimson Val staples, but I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about there. Um, no. Especially I, I with do, regards to undervalued cards. Yes, I do want to say uh, one thing here, though, and that is in regards to like the Commander deck cards. Um, and this is true not just of... like This is kind of like a wrap-up segment, not so much like just specifically a Crimson Val thing. Like... Storm of Souls right now is only 75 cents. Um, a lot of cards that are good in these commander decks end up being a lot of money a year or two, not even a year down the line. We just saw a card Curiosity Crafter jump up from like, what, like a $1, $2 card to an $8, $9 card mm-hmm. um, because people realized it's really good with one of the new commanders that came out. And these commander decks that are tied to planes get a lot less people buying them than when it's the commander set for the year. So the print run ends up smaller. There's a lot less copies. And then when a card gets figured out, a commander comes out for it. Uh, people realize how good it is, et cetera, et cetera. The price skyrockets. So that is definitely something I would look into. Um, you don't have to keep up to date on all of the things. That's what we're here for. But like, if we're doing a review episode and you hear us talk about a card... This isn't like a tacit buy everything we talk about, but like check it out. If We're trying to some, help you. <laughs> yeah. If you've got some like store credit left over from one of the sales over the past year, uh, you know, if you've got some, some say gift cards or something for, mm-hmm. or like you just want to support your local game store, uh, keep an eye out for some of these cards. I think there's a good chance that a lot of them will creep up in price over the next year or so. I, I think it's a non-zero chance. You know, I don't think it's like a, like, oh, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Like, there there will be cards in these sets that creep up over time that they're going to have to reprint at some time, but it's going to take them seven years or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, like, get the cards while you can. Get them while they're cheap. Magic can be a very expensive game, but one of the cool things about this, like, oversaturation is that it's really, really diluted the focus of people who tend to drive prices on cards up, which means that you as a commander player can get cards for your cool deck that uh, doesn't need to be optimized or whatever. Like you can pick up uh, an ignoble hierarch, which like years ago would have been 
probably way more than this out of the gate um, for five dollars, you know, like something like that or uh, a card. Well, a Modern Horizons 2 is actually a great example of this where there's just so much stuff in the set that a ton of cards came out cheaper than everyone thought they were going to be because like what do you even focus on like what do you even buy who has that much time and money and decks and etc cetera, etc cetera. so a lot of the cards are deflated because of that so oh, yeah. please it, like pick up the cards you want they're they're cheap right now it's good it's a good time to be a casual commander player let us know if you think there's any important cards we missed if there's any good pickups printed in the last year that uh people really should keep their eyes peeled for But that brings us to the end of the episode. And I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. Although I guess I should say before I do that if you're going to buy any of these cards, please uh, use our affiliate link. There's a link in the episode description. But now, thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The White Clays, Hannah, Andy, James, Logan, Roger, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Jason, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, John, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Emmanuel, Andrea, Vasilios, and Logan. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at commander theory on Twitter and Tumblr. And Zach is at fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln continental by entropy. And you can check them out on SoundCloud until next time. We're going back to the drawing board.